Chapter Twenty Three of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Twenty Three. A duel without seconds. While I was speaking, I saw a change pass over the countenance of my gigantic antagonist, as if some new resolve was forming in his mind that affected the program he had already traced out. Was it possible I had touched him on a point of honour? It was this purpose I desired to effect, and, though hopeless it might appear, I continued the only kind of appeal that, with such a spirit, seemed to promise any chance of success. "'You dare not play fair in this game,' I said, banteringly you are a coward and would murder me you want the first shot you know you do it's a lie cried the colossus raising himself to his full height and assuming an air of chivalric grandeur i could not have deemed him capable of it's a lie i don't wish to murder you and i don't want the first shot neither how i ain't so little confidence in my shooting as to care for you and your jim crack gun nor is Hickholt in such conceit with his life either that he's afeard to risk it. Though you're a stuck up critter, I won't give you the opportunity to accuse me of foul play. There's good in you, I reckon, in seeing that's made me change my mind. What? I exclaimed, taken by surprise at the speech and fancying it promised an end to our altercation. You have changed your mind? You mean to act justly then? i mean it shall be a fair stand-up fight atween us oh a duel duel or whatever else you may call it mister i agree to that but how about seconds do you think two men can fight fair without seconds you see yonder stump a standing night of bars yes i see it well mister there you'll take your stand ahind or a front of it which somever you like best Hars this a run close by the crib. There'll be my place. There's twenty yards atween em, I reckon. Is that your distance? It will do as well as any other, I replied mechanically, still under the influence of surprise, not unmingled with a sentiment of admiration. Dismount, then. Take your pouch and flask along with you. You see I've got mine. One shot at ya all's I want, I reckon. But if there should be a miss, look out for a quick loading and mind mr lurs one of us never leaving this clarin alive about the first shot who is to give the signal i've ordered that away it'll be all right promise you in what way can you arrange it this way dar's a hunk of deer meat in the house i mean to fetch that out and chuck it over there in the middle of clearin see them buzzards up there on the dead woods i nodded in the affirmative well it won't be long afore one or em flops down on me and first of em that touches the ground will be a signal fair enough i reckon perfectly fair i replied still speaking mechanically for the very justness of the proposal rendered my astonishment continuous i was something more than astonished at the altered demeanour of the man he was fast disarming me his unexpected behaviour had subdued my ire and all consideration of consequences apart i now felt a complete disinclination for the combat was it too late to stay our idle strife such was my reflection the moment after and with an effort conquering my pride i gave words to the thought you're too late mister don't do now was the reply to my pacific speech and why not i continued to urge though to my chagrin i began to perceive that it was an idle effort you have raised my dander 
and by god you've got to fight for it but surely stop your palaver by that tarnal air quake i gin to think you're a coward i thought you'd show a white feather afore you were all over enough cried i stung by the taunt i'm ready for you one way or the other go on the squatter once more entered his cabin and soon came out again bringing forth the piece of venison now cried he to your stand and remember neither fires till the bird lights on the ground or her that you may go it like blazes stay said i there is something yet to be done you are acting honourably in this affair which i acknowledge is more than i was led to expect you deserve one chance for your life and if i should fall it will be in danger you would be regarded as a murderer that must not be what is it you mean hurriedly interrogated my antagonist evidently not comprehending my words without answering to the interrogatory i drew out my pocket-book and turning to a blank leaf of the memorandum wrote upon it i have fallen in a fair fight i appended the date signed by name and tearing out the leaf handed it to my adversary he looked at it for a moment as if puzzled to make out what was meant he soon saw the intention however as i could tell by his grim smile you're right there said he in a drawling tone and after a pause i hedn't talk o that i guess this document'll be nothing to wish o my name too what sauce for the goose here likewise sauce for the gander your pencil if you please i ain't much a scholar but i reckon i can write my name har goes spreading out the paper on top of a stump he slowly scribbled his name below mine and then holding the leaf before my eyes pointed to the signature but without saying a word this done he replaced the document on the stump and drawing his knife stuck the blade through the paper and left the weapon quivering in the wood all these manoeuvres were gone through with as cool composure as if they were only the prelude to some ordinary purpose i reckon stranger said he in the same imperturbable tone that'll keep the wind from blowing it away till we've settled who it's to belong to now to your place i'm a-gwan to throw the dear me i had already dismounted and stood near him rifle in hand unresistingly i obeyed the request and walked off to the stump that had been designated without saying another word or even looking around i had no apprehension of being shot in the back for the late behaviour of the man had completely disarmed me of all suspicion of treachery i had not the slightest fear of his proving a traitor and no more did i hold him to be a coward that impression was gone long ago i confess that never with more reluctance did i enter upon the field of fight and at that moment had my antagonist required it i should not only have retracted the allegation of cowardice but perhaps have surrendered up my claim to the clearing though i knew this could be done only at the expense of my name and honour were i to have done so i could never have shown my face again neither in the settlement of swampville nor elsewhere even among my polished friends of more fashionable circles i should have been taunted branded as a coward and a poltroon the rude character of my adversary would have been no excuse especially after the manner in which he was acting backed out would have been the universal verdict moreover notwithstanding the apparently calm demeanour the squatter had now assumed courteous i might almost call it i knew he was implacable in his determination there was no alternative i must fight i arrived at the stump and turning on my heel stood facing him he was already in his place with the joint of venison in one hand and his long rifle in the other the moment was nigh when one of us should make an abrupt exit from the world such a destiny for one or other of us i saw depicted in the impassable face of my adversary as plainly as if written upon the sky 
i could read there that there was no chance of escaping the combat and i resigned myself to meet it no mister cried my antagonist in a clear firm voice i'm a-gwine to chuck the meat remember neither's to fire till a bird lights on a ground arter that you may go it like hell i saw him swing the joint once or twice around his head i saw it jerked aloft and then whirling through the air i saw it falling falling till the sodden sound told that it had reached the ground it was a fearful moment end of chapter twenty three